Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. First things first is Josh Allen, a futuristic Big Ben. A recent Super Bowl champion thinks so. We'll dive into his comparison. Uh, every time we think the NBA offseason is about to slow down, more news about KD and Kyrie. Is it all over in Brooklyn for both of these guys? And practice, as you know, Kevin Wilds is about trying new things. Patrick Mahomes has been trying new things. Boy, has he ever. I'm pretty sure that was left-handed. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. Jenna Wolf, look at that thing. Nick Wright. We got Greg Jennings in for Chris Broussard, Kevin Wilds. Nick, your friend Patrick Mahomes, you think he pulls this off in a game? Left-handed and behind Well, we've the already back. seen him do, well, he left-handed, you know, national television, Monday Night Football, his first year as a starter, beat the Broncos. We've seen that. Behind the back, 30 yards. Can he throw it further behind the back than Mac Jones <laughs> can throw it regular? Possibly. I'd like to see oh. that contest. Oh. Hey. Tough fired early on. Speaking of, there he is, McCorkle. New England is where we start because the team with no offensive coordinator this season appears to be the team with the most offensive struggles this summer. At the center of it all, quarterback Mac Jones, who we thought would be making a big jump in year two. Instead, no jump. More like a little sachet. The new offense in place this season reportedly causing a lot of communication issues, but Kevin Wilds, our resident Patriots fan, Mac is not worried. Take a listen. I'm going to figure it out. I always have and I always will. And um, at the end of the day, you're going to have your ups and downs with anything new, but I've learned a lot of different systems and the guys around me have too. And we, we know what football looks like. We know what a good play looks like. We all trust in each other. At the end of the day, when I walk on the field and there's 10 people that look into my eyes, I know that they're going to trust me to do the right thing on game day. Let's go. I mean, it sounds like he's trying to say the right thing, Wilds. What do you think is more likely this season? Mac takes a step forward or Mac takes a step back? Massive step forward. Massive, Jenna. And I'm glad we're starting the show talking about the Patriots' practice because, and this is the report, Because remember, we have to take every report out of Patriots practice with deathly seriousness. Is that a phrase? Arguably, their best practice of the year. Wow. I can't believe it, Greg. We got it all figured out. And how far away are we, according to Mac Jones? 2%. He just wants to get on the page. 2%. We're 2% away. But... 
The reason why everything is screwed up is because we've been reporting on the cooking and not the meal. Oh, there's eggshells everywhere. Oh, something's on fire. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're about to be delivered a beautiful offensive omelet. If you look at what the Patriots did last year, Hubs, can we show the offense from the Patriots last year? You would think, oh, you know what? They must have been bad if they're going to reinvent their offense. Not really. 27 points a game, 15th in yards, 8th in rushing, 14th in passing. I would describe that as pretty good. Now, yes, do we score 54 points on the Jets? Sure, but it counts. Do we score 50 points on Jacksonville? Yeah, but it counts. But Bill Belichick, in all of his wisdom, Nick, decided, you know what? Now that Josh McDaniels is gone, let's take a little bit of a step back and then two steps forward. So do I think Mac is going to have a significant upgrade this year and all those numbers are going to go up? Yes, I do. But I want to hear it. We have good report from practice, yeah. so tell me what you're upset about. Good report from practice. No, no, no. I'm not, ups- I'm not upset about anything. But this is, you called it the best practice of the year. If, you know, if your kid has failed three every test of the semester and then comes in with a D plus, that's the best test of the year. It doesn't necessarily mean we should start fitting him for the valedictorian cap or as Wilde would say, the valedictorian cap. But that's neither here nor there. Can we show Wilde's graphic one more time, please? Because, Greg, this is why my answer is a step back. Because the Patriots offense was surprisingly effective last year. For them to take a step forward, we think this team is going to have a top five scoring offense? Of course not. We think this team is going to be above average in total yards? Of course not. And the other element, Wilds, yada, yada, the the big, why? Because last year, you got fat and happy against awful teams. So Mac Jones last year won one game against playoff teams, played well against playoff teams one time. That was the Titans game. I guess, well, two games against playoff teams, but Mac Jones was not really a part of the other one. That's the Bills game. He had two wins against the Jets. You beat the Texans. You beat the Panthers. You beat the Falcons. You beat the Jags. The worst teams in football plus the Lions. Greg, that's not what the Patriots have on deck this year, and we can show their schedule quickly before I throw to Greg. They start the season underdogs in three of their first four games and the one game they're not an underdog is a pick them against the Steelers that has one in three at best written all over it and they end the season underdogs in six of their final seven games the only game they're going to be favored is home against the Dolphins so yeah I expect you to look good in that little middle portion of the season where you get the Jets a couple times the Bears and the Lions bully for you But no, I don't think the Patriots are going to, or Mac Jones, have any reason to believe, Greg, they're going to take a step forward after what was a surprisingly competent year last year. Yeah, I'm with you, Nick. I don't think he's going to take a step forward. And Wilds, I'm sorry, man, your your full screen kind of blew up in your face a little bit with showing those numbers because they were good. But for me, like even listening to that, that press conference, like looking at his body language, like there is concern. There is a level of discomfort with Mac Jones, him personally, forget the offense, him personally, he looks a little concerned. Yes, he may say he believes that he's he in himself and that he can figure it out. 
And I do believe he'll figure it out. But I don't know if he'll figure it out quick enough. And if this offensive line will adjust and they will get better. Now, I do believe also that Bill Belichick is throwing a lot at him, the kitchen sink, because he's going to force them to be pressured and fill voids and try to stress them out as much as possible because he knows what he has coming up against his offense when he plays his teams in his own division, teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Bills, all these great defensive teams, they are going to challenge Mac Jones to be the reason they lose. And I don't know if Mac Jones will be able to do that with what we're seeing and with what they provided them with the skill guys. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The wide receivers in this league, they have gotten immensely better. When we look at the New England Patriots, I mean, literally, we can look across the 32 teams and see, wow, this team has these guys. This team has this player. And you look at the Patriots and you you look at their quarterback situation, even dating back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady. What have we always said? Well, will they give him some help? Tom Brady was asking for more help. And the help that you bring in is Devontae Parker, who's played a handful of games. That would be very nice. (laughs) A a handful of games where he's been healthy. And so I just don't know if Matt Jones can be that great to overcome as much as what Tom Brady had to overcome with the lack of skill guys and the lack of protection that is happening right now up front. I don't see how he improves this year. He grows. He learns a lot. He gets a lot more okay. exposure and, and experience. I just don't know if he gets better. Wow. That's exactly okay. right. So, so I respectfully disagree. I think that Devontae Parker is going to have a breakout year, and hopefully he stays healthy. I also think we're going to lean more on our tight ends, Greg. But here's the other thing I, I want to ask you. It's a little, I'll take a tangent. You know what there else was yesterday at Patriots camp? A fight. And it's, I'm, I'm putting it in, the, I'm putting a direct line between the fight between the offense and defense and all of a sudden they had a good practice. Do you think I'm crazy for thinking that a fight between the team, between the units could sort of galvanize the team a little bit? Mac Jones called it tough love in his press conference. It's like, it, from what I'm hearing, it's like the only fight that the defense has had. It's been too easy for them. They've That's been right. throwing all the there punches. You, there you go. <laughs> this, right. this is literally <laughs> the only fight. On. Wow. <laughs> this is literally like the it. only fight that the defense has seen put up against them. And so, yes, this is promising because they're getting upset. I just don't know if it's going to translate into them actually performing well as an offensive unit against other defenses. I also want to take take the emotion out of this just for a moment and just talk very practically about how we would evaluate any team, whether it was a team that I historically kind of, you know, as Wilds likes to say, have a burr in my saddle for, or a team that Wilds is one of his six favorite, you know, NFL teams because Wilds loves sports and just has quarter of every league as his favorite team. But he has a special place for the Patriots. Remove it. Let's just call it Team X, okay? If, if we all agreed that this team, 
had one of the least impressive groups of pass catchers in all of football. And that same team was spending more money on this year's cap on their pass catchers than any team in football by a mile. Would you say, well, that's a recipe for disaster. You have the single most expensive wide receiver and tight end room by a huge margin of the entire league. And there is not a single difference maker, proven difference maker in that. If you had a team that's like, well, they don't have a single quality, you know, above average Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman, and it's the most expensive offensive line in football, that that concern would be twofold. One is, well, I don't know how good that unit's going to be. The other is, it's a hard-capped league. They must have then been cheap elsewhere. They must have, oh, I don't know, let their best player walk in free agency because they didn't have the money to sign him, as the Patriots did with J.C. Jackson. It's um, it's one thing, Greg, to do what they did with Brady, which was never spend money, not never, but at the end, not spend money on the receiver position. It's another thing to spend all this money on receiver and tight end and still have the 31st ranked units in the league. That's a huge, huge concern for the Patriots that they've misallocated those funds. Yeah, and I I throw this all back on Bill Belichick. We give him so much praise and glory, and, and, and we understand and we all call him and consider him to be the best to do it. And, and as far as NFL coaches, however, when you look at what we're talking about right now, what you just highlighted, Nick, the wide receiver room, one of the main reasons I believe that they've always struggled outside of the outliers like Randy Moss bringing him in because he I truly believe he would rather have a good, mild mannered individual versus bringing in a guy who might be a little bit more contrast to what they are uh, typically going to have walk into that room. A flashy guy, a guy who is going to be loud, a a guy who is going to be a little disruptive, but also disruptive on the field. Like, that's what they need. You're bringing in guys who are really good. They're good players. They're just not the answer. Like, you're putting them in positions where other teams wouldn't have them as their number one guy. Like, it's not going to happen. And so until you get to the point where you're willing to take a chance and actually, I, I get it, Wilds. It's always worked for the Patriots. It's always worked. And well, for me, I mean, I'm starting to lean like more for Asante Samuel. Look, it, it was Brady. And I've always said it was the both of them. You can't do it without one, with, with okay. just one. But the way that it's looking, it was Brady. And you got to get some guys in there that are going to make major difference in game difference breakers. Makers. You have no game breakers. No, okay. exactly right. So, exactly right. a, a few things, now that I'm under attack. One, it has always worked. And we've got six Super Bowl rings, and Belichick has two other Super Bowl rings from his Giants days. So, at eight in total. So, I think his plan has proven effective. Reason number, And we have brought in guys who are, you know, um, let's call the, what are you, disruptive. We had Antonio Brown a few years ago. Didn't work out so well. So, I, I think the team concept can trump the idea of bringing in a disruptive guy. And, and finally, Jenna, and I don't make a, a lot of accusations on the show, 
But the oh, idea wait. that this says sophomore slump and our producer Hubbard, there was a there must have been a discussion in the Zoom where it's like, should we put a question mark on it? Should we put sophomore slump? Or should we just write sophomore slump from the practice? Sophomore year hasn't even started. We're doing summer reading, and we've already got sophomore slump. Yeah. It's an attack. I'm not going to stand for it if we do the show Wild. again. Uh, hold it's, on. It's Can unprecedented. I just, right, that's fine. Can, from the producers. It, it, I expect listen, it from you, if, if, but not from Hubs. If we listen, Hubs is a true journalist, and Hubs understands he has to, you know, report the news as it comes, much like Patriots.com has. Even if he gets attacked by his bosses, we must report the news accordingly. I, I can I just tell the audience something that's it's going to be good for all of us if we can just quickly show the schedule again. I don't know if we have time. America, the long national nightmare of treating the Patriots like they're one of the super relevant teams in football, it ends before October hits. Because when they start 0-4 or 1-3, and and that would have been eight of their last nine losses, they will be relegated to where they deserve to be post-Brady and also ran in the NFL. And so thank you, NFL schedule gods, for giving them that first month of the season. So they not the Jets and the Lions early. It's like, oh. Well, I don't know. You lose to the Dolphins all the time, including the final game of last year. The Steelers, your first month historically isn't great. You have the Ravens and the Packers in weeks three and four. That seems hard. And I just, you know, color me me skeptical on Mac Jones being able to solve the Steelers' defense. I think you'll be thrilled if you can get out of that month one and three. It's probably 0-4. Mac's got a few more weeks to get it together before the season starts. We'll hit this again. Uh, we have to check out the beautiful scene for tomorrow night's Fields of Dreams game. Wilds has something special cooked up to get us ready for this year's edition. It is fantastic. Back after this, first things first. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Major League Baseball returns to the place where dreams come true. Relive the magic when the Reds take on the Cubs for one game at the Field of Dreams. Coverage begins tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Kevin Wilds, you put together your favorite moments from uh, last year's Field of Dreams. Care to share with us a little bit? Oh, it's last year and this year, Jenna. I am excited and I'm going to start with number five of my favorite things, the cornfield introductions. Last year's intro, 
Costner comes oh, out of the corn, yep. standing there pensively. Oh, here comes Aaron Judge. I know it's supposed to be, yes. you know, magical, but I'm a little too excited. So my tone doesn't necessarily match the music, but that's okay. Awesome intro. I would say one of the best intros in Major League Baseball history. Number four, ninth inning heroics. The game delivered. Top of the ninth, two outs, Yankees down three until Aaron Judge makes it a one-run game with his second home run. Judge ends the night with five RBIs. And after a gala walk, Stanton comes up, drives this one into the corn. Yankees lead by one, headed into the bottom of the ninth until Tim Anderson ends it. Take a listen. Anderson. Number three, Nick, new old uniforms. The Cubs jerseys from 1927, the hat featuring an adorable bear. Shout out to the polo bear. And I like just adorable bears playing sports from 1914. Meanwhile, the Reds <laughs> are going to be wearing their jerseys from the 1914 season when they were led by shortstop Buck Herzog. How about that research, Dusty? And finally, our announcing team into it too. Just to my Fox bosses, if you ever want to dress me up in an old-timey hat and suspenders, I am all for it. Number two, the scoreboard in the scenery. Shout out to Fenway Park and all hand-operated scoreboards. Am I slightly scarred from my Little League days where the good old Groton Elks let in 10 runs and there was a kid on the hand-operated scoreboard who had to hold a one and a zero. I'm like, we get it. We're down a lot. Regardless, most of the time, this is very <laughs> charming and I love it. Again, shout out to the suspenders. The other great thing, scenery. We have great day shots. The whole thing is super beautiful. And then the good part about it is it turns tonight. You almost get two scenes for the price of one. Fox team, of course, does a great job capturing everything. And number one, we're going to go back. You know I was going to make this about New England. Big Poppy's loyalty. This is from the brilliant promo. Take a listen. Poppy. We need to go the distance. Would you play a little catch with me? Oh, you want to have a catch with me? Yeah. Hell to the no. You're still a Yankee. I'm a Red Sox. That would never happen, son. See you when I see you. Let's go. <laughs> Granted, it's White Sox, Reds, but the Red Sox still get a little bit of love. Coverage starts at 6, Nick. It's going to be a great day. I'm very excited for the Field of Dreams game, part two. Oh, I can't wait. All right, first of all, bravo, Kevin Wilds. I'm even more excited than before. One fun note for anyone watching the game tomorrow. And hey, people are going to think I'm wrong about this. I promise this is true. It's unbelievable. If after watching the game, you're like, you know what I'd like to do with my son or daughter? Go play on that field. Not only can you do yes. that, you can rent the house and have the field to yourself. It is not expensive at all. My buddy did it with his sons. You can rent that Field of Dreams house and then play catch with your sons, daughters, whomever you want for a whole evening. Crying. So if you watch the game, that's a little free promo for you know that business. I got no, I got nothing invested in it other than I think it's awesome. And so yeah, watch the awesome. game and then see if you want to go play there yourself. It's pretty cool. That's fantastic.
I'm going to teach my girls how to play baseball, and then we're going to do that thing. We have much more on this game coming up tomorrow. Fox MLB insider Ken Rosenthal will join us live from the cornfields. Looking forward to chatting with him. That was great, Wilds. All right, moving on. Patrick Mahomes has a few tricks up his sleeve. Will he? Might he? Could he break these out in a game this season? Yeah, that's what we're talking about on the other side. First things first. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Run in the no huddle, start down in Sunshine State, former number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Speaking of unbelievable, putting the league on notice, said yesterday, He feels like his arm has gotten a lot stronger this offseason, that he's worked on his mechanics, that he feels better than ever. Nick, Trevor's one of your guys. We start with you. You expect a big year two from him? Massive year two from him. He has a real head coach. They have the softest schedule in the NFL. They are an actual Kevin Wright copyright notwithstanding frisky team. Have you seen the training camp reports from Travis Etienne? Oh, and while they've overpaid for their wide receivers, at least they have a legitimate trio of wide receivers. All of that, plus unlike other second-year quarterbacks who will remain nameless, who played their worst football of their lives to end the season, Trevor Lawrence played his best game of the year to end the season, to end the Colts' playoff hopes, to end Carson Wentz's brief tenure in Indy. So do I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will be hovering around 500 all year? I do. Do I think Trevor Lawrence is going to look like the guy that went 55-2 in high school, that started off his college career with 29 straight wins, that was 34-2 in college, the number one player at every level, at every phase of his life? I do. I think a big year from Trevor. I think the Jaguars are more than respectable. And Greg... Going into week 15, it'll be a story. Could the Jaguars sneak into the playoffs? I don't think they will, but they'll (laughs) still be alive, and that's something. So there it is. Yeah, I'm expecting a big year, too, from Trevor. I'm I'm not going to go that far, but absolutely I'm expecting a huge year from Trevor Lawrence. Let's go all the way back. He was drafted number one overall. You know what happens typically for the number one overall quarterbacks that go to a franchise? They're typically on the worst team in the National Football That's League. Right. So, yeah, he was he was dealt a bad hand. So we see all these other quarterbacks in rookie year or year two, whatever, thriving and having great years. And we question, well, what is up with Trevor Lawrence? Well, everything was up with Trevor Lawrence. He had nothing that was going to allow him to excel. Well, this year, you bring in 
your play caller, Doug Peterson, who's been known to yep. help and improve quarterbacks. You, you, you protect him up front, something that we're hearing up in the Northeast uh, that's struggling. I'm not going to even call the team name, yep. Team X. We'll call them that. And then you bring in playmakers, actual playmakers that have proven to get it done in this league with Christian Kirk. Obviously, Zay Jones, who had a, a huge year last year, and Marvin Jones, who, who played great for the Lions. Like, I love veteran guys that they're surrounding this young quarterback with that he is going to thrive. But they're also mixing it in with familiarity, comfort with Etienne bringing him from college. Like this is a lot of what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done has been solely to help and assist Trevor Lawrence progression. That is what you do with a young quarterback. You make it about them. I get it. The team is everything, but you have to make sure that your future franchise asset has everything that they need. And that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing, which is why Trevor Lawrence is going to have an extremely impressive second year. Extreme. Oh. Yeah, I agree with Damn you, Greg. Sure. You know, if his touchdowns oh. went up, if his completion percentage went up, if his interceptions went down, and he went, went from three games to ten games, he would have a similar year to Mac Jones' rookie year. So I do think that would be a great step up for him. I also think that Doug Peterson has got some revenge games circled on the schedule. The Jaguar schedule, I know you said it was easy, Nick, but I think they have five They have five away games in their first eight weeks, including that week eight right here. It looks like it's a home game. It's actually in London, so that's far away from Jacksonville. Um, but I do think that, look, you got the Carson so Wentz-Doug Peterson revenge game week one, and then you go to Philadelphia, Doug Peterson's going to have his Eagles shirt on underneath and then rip it off in the middle of halftime. Like, ha, 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 I'm back. And like, okay, I can see them getting that win. Here's the other thing, Nick, really quick. That defense, yeah. and Trevor played okay against the Colts, but it was that defense that really got them that win. They were just harassing Carson Wentz. So I could see that they got... Through the draft, Trayvon Walker had this sack against the Raiders, his first one. I'm going to count it, even though it was preseason. I think the defense is going to be improved. They were 27th in the league in sacks last year. I think that numbers go up, and the defense yeah. wins a few games. So between Doug Peterson winning a few revenge games, the defense winning a handful of games, and uh, Trevor Lawrence getting up to his ceiling, which is like about Mac Jones-esque, I can see them easily going over six and a half wins, which Vegas has got. Oh, your buddy Kevin Wilds. Put a put a few put a few dollars on the over there. I believe in Trevor Lawrence. Six and a oh, half. Oh, you over, do. Over, over, over. Oh, and by okay. few dollars, I literally hey, mean well, few dollars. Four bucks. He, he really means Wilds bets in dollar increments: one dollar, <laughs> two dollars, three dollars, and then takes the cash out option. I'm in the game. He's a coward. But that's neither here nor there. You know what? Speaking of gambling, uh, a little fun bet for the year, and I would be a heavy underdog in it, but I'll take it. I'll take the Jags season win total straight up versus the Patriots season win total. I, I, I think the Jags will win as many wow. or more games than the New England Patriots go. this year. If, if ties go to me, then I'll do that bet. Chiefs camp we go. We're the um, anticipation for Patrick Mahomes to try one of these fancy behind-the-back passes is growing. Chiefs social media posting this video yesterday from practice. 
of Mahomes nailing the crossbar with the behind-the-back pass and a left-handed toss. That's good. Wilds, which was more impressive, behind-the-back pass or the lefty toss? I am not joking when I say this. This is... I'm just going to say it. The most impressive thing I've ever seen from a training camp. And Greg, you've been at actual training camps. You can tell me I'm crazy. But the behind the back hitting the crossbar, I was like, okay, fine. Then a left-handed perfect spiral that hits the crossbar. What are we talking about? I, I just, I, I was at a loss for words. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do with this in the show, but it has to be in. I, I'm like, is Patrick Mahomes underrated? Can, is he going to break out a left-handed perfect spiral but and behind the back pass? I was just wildly impressed. Now, Nick, do I think you're friends with him? No. But do I think that no, this was very impressive? Yes, I do. Greg. Okay. This is 30 yards. 30 yards in the air on the dime behind okay. the back and left-handed. Like, I, mean, I, I don't... I, they're both impressive. I, I, the left hand, like what is the ambidextrous? What? Like what is going? Like seriously, Nick, you said this, and I, I kind of was like, yeah, I can see it happening, but with him throwing a behind the back pass, shoot, I don't know what you you, you can do whatever you want. Like this, this, I'm with you, Wild. Yeah. This is imp- I played with it's Brett, Aaron, and these these pass throwers are unreal. Unreal. Big arms, great accuracy. I've never seen them do this. Never. Guys, I don't know what to say other than that's my quarterback. Oh, God, what's the T.O. thing? That's my quarterback. I could cry. I could cry right now. That's my quarterback. This is, by the way, I, I will give one serious take on this for the NFL. They're always trying to figure out how to fix Pro Bowl weekend because the actual Pro Bowl game has become something different than what it once was because guys understandably don't want to hit. A true quarterback trick shot competition like the quarterback version of horse for the NBA would work and I think we know who the favorite would be. Oh my God. Yeah? Wilds, all seriousness. How many throws do you think you know, straight on, right-handed, it would take for Mac to be able to hit the crossbar. Over, under, seven and a half. See, Jenna, like, I'm just was I curious. anything but positive just this curious. segment? I know, there was no, That's why, no, you, you know what? So You're not friends with Patrick Mahomes. Not friends with me either. That's why. I know. Comments like oh, that. You screwed. I'm being Nick. nice. Nick, you just screwed yourself. Now you can't be friends with Wilds either. Hey, Greg, thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. That was great. Uh, we got to take a turn talk some Nets. Do KD and Kyrie both have their bags packed, ready to go? First things first on a Wednesday morning. Thank you, Greg. The most watched window in all of college football. Big noon Saturday doesn't get bigger than Alabama versus Texas. Are we in the fall already? Coming up September 10th. God, it's right around the corner. Be sure to start every Saturday this fall with big noon kickoff, followed by the day's best matchup all season long, only on Fox. Ooh, I get the chills. New segment alert. We're calling it Rip from the Headlines. According to the New York Daily News, it's not a guarantee that Kevin Durant shows up to Nets training camp if they do not grant his request 
and trade him. Wilds, you said yesterday you didn't think he was wired to sit out. Loves the game too much. Did this report surprise you? Okay. The, uh, it does and it doesn't. If he was going to hold out, he would just say, I will hold out. The idea that it needs some nuance means he's not serious about holding out. And look, if you're watching this show, you probably like or love basketball to some extent, just like I do. But we probably don't love it as much as Kevin Durant. So do this experiment this afternoon if you've got about a half an hour to kill. Go into a sporting goods store. Go to the basketball section and see all the basketballs in the boxes. Then there's some loose ones. Pick one up and then they have the, you know, the rims and the backboard you can buy. And then try not to shoot it. Even though you, you can't do it. Even though you know the sporting goods salesperson is going to yell at you. You can't do it. And you don't, you're not even close to loving the game of basketball as much as Kevin Durant loves it. Now think about how hard it would be for Kevin Durant not to play real basketball. I don't think he's going to hold out, Nick. I think when push comes to shove, he's like, well, I'll just go to practice. And if he's at practice, he's going to start shooting. He's like, well, I might as well start playing. I don't think it happens. I assume he's going to get moved, but I think there's zero chance he would pull a Ben Simmons and hold out. Well, listen, holding out of training camp is not necessarily the same as holding out of the regular season. And he, of course, could still play basketball without it being for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, during training camp and during practice. The reason that I listen, everyone has just said Kevin Durant would never escalate this. I he's escalated this pretty far. One of the things that is famous about Magic Johnson 40 years later. As you know, Magic Johnson once went to Jerry Buss and said, the coach or me. And they quickly fired the coach and they ended up, you know, winning a bunch more championships. We still remember the Dwight Howard, Stan Van Gundy moment when Dwight quietly said he wanted Stan Van fired and then Stan told the whole world. A player going to ownership and demanding a coach be fired is a pretty... Uh, earth it's, it's an earthquake type of moment. Durant did more than that. I, uh, the, I tried to look it up this morning. I couldn't find in recent NBA history a single other instance of it being reported that a player went to management, and maybe I'm just forgetting one or I couldn't see it, and said, I want the entire power structure out. That is far more shocking than a player not showing up for training camp. James Harden was late to training camp recently. Obviously, you mentioned Ben Simmons. We've seen guys miss the beginning or entirety of training camp each of the last two seasons. So I guess my question to you would be this. If the day after Kevin Durant's trade demand came out, I said to you, what's more likely that Durant no-shows the beginning of training camp or that Durant goes to ownership and says, Fire Marks and Nash. One of the two is going to happen. I think you'd have said, oh, it's probably more likely he misses training camp. The other thing seems unbelievable. The unbelievable thing just happened. So the fact that Kevin Durant, like, we know he loves basketball, to me that doesn't mean yeah. that he won't take this, you know, I don't want to say to the limit. I don't think he I don't think he would miss a full year if the Nets were like, we're not trading. He's like, well, I'm never playing again. But he certainly could push this further and has pushed this further than people seem to think he would from the very beginning. But do you think he would miss a game? Do you think he would miss one game? 
Do you think an opening night he wouldn't suit up if it got to that point of escalating? No, I, I don't. But I don't. I think that he wouldn't have to get there. I think that he has. It, you demand a trade. You then, the Nets are like, maybe he'll retract it. He's meeting with Joe Sy. Maybe he's going to retract it. Nope. Instead, he's like, fire everybody. That's the second, you know, salvo fired. And then if the third one is, I'm not showing up for training camp. At some point, the Nets would fold their hand. So I think he knows that the Nets understand it's not tenable to have it. it so Kevin Durant, if, if we're saying they're just going to hold the line, he's going to potentially miss training camp and demand the coach be fired, and then show up to the team and what? Lead the team with that coach who he has? I just don't buy it. I think the people thought that Joe Sy's tweet yesterday was an uh, indication they're keeping him. That's not how I read it at all. Hey, let's stick with KD here. The Times-Picayune out of New Orleans says the Pelicans are one of the teams that remain interested in dealing for Durant. Nick, you proposed a KD to the Pelicans trade oh, a few weeks back. Looking like oh, it's still a possibility. Yeah, you did. Oh, let me read you the exact compensation that the author of the article suggests. Could a compelling package around Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Devontae Graham, and the remaining draft compensation from the Lakers and the Bucks? Oh, Wilds, does that sound mighty familiar to this beautiful piece of trade machine brilliance? Proposed by me a month ago. Show the full screen. Show us this okay. beautiful trade. Okay. This is the trade that's been. Oh, Heat now. He, listen, he said Devontae Graham. I said Larry Nance Jr. Tomato, tomato. Otherwise, that's the trade, America. A poor man's Kevin Durant plus a frisky rookie in Herb Jones, four first round picks, and another role player. It allows the Nets to rebuild, the Nets to get an all-star, the Nets to get draft equity, and it allows the Pelicans to win right now. Where KD's your one, Zion's your two, CJ is your way overqualified number three, and the coach used to coach KD in Golden State. This is the trade that works for everyone. And I'm glad finally there's someone other than me shouting about it. I, I Listen, I don't know if KD wants to go to New Orleans. I don't know why he wouldn't want to go to New Orleans. As I said the other day, top two American city. It's, it's unbelievable. There's nothing you want that you can't get in New Orleans. It's the greatest. But th th it works. It works basketball-wise. It works in every way. This is the trade that should happen. Okay. Lord knows I love the frisky Pelicans. I am worried that if Brandon Ingram is on the record as saying when he was dangled out there in the Lakers trade, when they were trying to get AD, that it killed their teammates' spirit. We've seen that the KD rumors to Boston, Jalen Brown has gone on Twitter saying that he was upset about that, saying like shaking my head. So the, the most interesting storyline to me is this. KD is only going to one place. But there's going to be multiple feelings hurt. And I think it's going to end up affecting the year. Do I think Jalen Brown is going to be as locked in on the Celtics making another run to the finals after he was offered in a trade? I don't. Do I think if this gets serious, that Brandon Ingram is going to feel real unity, what it takes to make a championship run with Zion and CJ and reach their destiny of being the friskiest team in the NBA? I don't. So that's the other 
underlying subtext here. And maybe, you know, there's an idea that Sean Marks is doing this on purpose, but it worries me. Well, let's sort of stay in this vein here. This one from the New York Post from his stepmom, also his agent. Kyrie Irving does not hate Sean Marks or Steve Nash. <laughs> she also said Kyrie is about peace, love and acceptance. All righty then. Nick, what do you make of this? I just love I listen. I don't have a hot take on this. I just want to do an experiment. I want to. In fact, I'm going to right after this segment. I'm just okay, going to go. tweet. Right. Contrary to reports, I do not hate Kevin Wilds and see what the general reaction is. See if that's an endorsement of our relationship or an indictment <laughs> of our relationship. Now, I'm not doubting, you know, Kyrie's stepmother, who is also his agent's sincerity in this. But yeah. that is one of those things that you maybe don't want to go on the record on. If you're going to go on the yeah. record about your feelings towards your coach and GM, it it needs to be, uh, hey, I don't know what you guys have heard, but he loves them. It can't be he doesn't hate them. And by the way, he doesn't believe in hate and therefore hates no one. That is not a, it, the, the, the implication of he's all about peace, love and happiness means he hates no one, which just means Sean Marks and Steve Nash are in the category with 7.2 billion other people. The group of people Kyrie doesn't hate. And while that's a great way to live your life, because there's a handful of people I really hate, I, I, I wish him the best for it. I don't know that it's a great headline for the Nets Wilds. Really hate it's, Wilds. It's, I saw you, saw it's you imperfect. Your There's a few. Uh, the article was 123 <laughs> words long. So I get the idea that you wanted to get the message out that he does not hate John Marks or Steve Nash, but maybe just one more quote. Actually, he likes Steve Nash's, you know, haircut. Yeah, hair. Anything you want. He thinks yeah, Sean Marks has done, works hard. Whatever, whatever you want. You need one little that you just can't say doesn't hate and leave it there. Just one little compliment that you barely mean. That's all right. But you can't have one quote in a 123-word column, Jenna. You want my list of people I hate, Wilds, or should we move on? You know no, a few of them. Nobody asked for that. Save it for the pod. Okay. Save it for the pod. Okay, save for the pod. Okay, for the pod. All right, podcast. no problem. We'll do that later. Or an Jenna. audio It's no problem. Okay, no problem. Yeah. All right, we record today. What's right? The relationship between Kyrie and KD. Major League Baseball returns to the place where dreams come true. Relive all the magic when the Reds take on the Cubs for one game at the Field of Dreams. Coverage begins tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, on Fox and the Fox Sports app. All right, time for stories to start your morning. Sponsored by Subway. Try the all-new Subway Series menu. Your pick of 12 irresistible new subs. We are in New England this morning because the team with no offensive coordinator this season appears to be the team with the most offensive struggles this summer. And at the center of it all, quarterback Mac Jones, who we thought would be making a big jump in year two, instead, no jump, no jump. The new offense in place reportedly causing a lot of communication issues, but Kevin Wilds, our resident Patriots fan, don't be worried because Mac isn't worried either. I'm going to figure it out. I always have and I always will. And um, at the end of the day, you're going to have your ups and downs with anything new. But I've learned a lot of different systems and the guys around me have too. And we, we know what football looks like. We know what a good play looks like. 
we all trust in each other at the end of the day. When I walk on the field and there's 10 people that look into my eyes, I know that they're going to trust me to do the right thing on game day. What's more likely this season? Matt takes a step forward or he takes a step back? Well, I know that everyone in the national media and people on this show, Jenna, want Mac Jones to take a step back. But I reject the narrative, every single piece of it. And I know that the reporters have jobs to do when they're watching training camp. But I feel like there has been a significant interest in watching the eggs get broken. And, and there's been a lot of reports on things are on fire and, and, and there's messy yolks in a bowl. But you know what's gone the other side of that? A beautiful, delicious omelet that we're about to get. Mm. <laughs> so maybe all of this new stuff that's happening is just the eggs that needs to be broken. Yeah, we've got some new blocking schemes. Yeah, we've got some new communication. Yeah, we've got some new players. But Belichick is confident. Mac Jones is confident. Mangini, I talked about it earlier this week. Dante Scarnecchia is confident that this is going to work. And guess what happened yesterday? As I predicted, and I said it was good for the team. Oh, a little training camp fight. Nothing like a little training camp fight to gel a team. A big scrap between David Andrews and Christian Barmore. Whole offense and defense jumped in, including the baby goat. Oh, watch out. You don't, nobody wants to get horned who was pulled out by Nelson Aguilar. Barmore and Andrews ejected from practice. And then what did that lead to? Trevor. Let's see Mike Giardi's. A better day for the Patriots offense. Arguably best of camp. Nothing crazy, but it looked like more of a fluid operation. Less errors. So coach, I'm fine with it. I think in order to take a big jump with Mac Jones, with this offense, with the, with, the, with the absence of Josh McDaniels, some things needed to change, and I didn't expect it to go swimmingly right out of the gate. I think we're going to be fine, and I wouldn't be surprised if the baby goat makes another jump, just like we're expecting literally every second-year quarterback to make. Well, I, I've, I've had some pretty bad omelets. Um, and they all all those eggs yeah, look good, right. and then I've, I've had some I've had some pretty bad eggs. It just depends on who's cooking them. Now the, the second thing is nothing to me says I'm handling frustration well like getting into a fight. That tells me, hey, I'm really yeah. handling my emotions well. I'm handling this situation well. <laughs> I'm handling it so well. I'm gonna get Coach into a fight, and then I'm and then I'm gonna camp. I'm gonna jump into it. yeah. And, you know, you get a couple defensive players ejected. That's good. But less guys that you have to deal with, you know, from that perspective. Yeah. This, this, yeah. I, I, I despise the I'm going to figure it out. I always do. I will get it done. Yeah. I, I, I. Okay, say I all you want. But then don't talk about the new system. The system's been in place for 22 years or 21 years. I can't imagine that with two guys that have not coached offense in in years, that suddenly they're saying, this is the year we want to install a totally new system. Although this other system has worked really well for the last, <laughs> what is it, 21 years? It's worked really, but but this is the year we're going to do it. So, so let's take <laughs> that out. Are there going to be changes? Yeah, there's going to be changes. There always is in training camp. There's always new ideas. But when you use the I, 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 then if it doesn't go well, don't start saying they changed the system. 
they put me in a bad position. They like, let's take yeah. the they out of it if it doesn't go well. If you're putting the I into well, it and saying that that's how you're handling it. Okay, okay, first of all, let's look on the bright side here. It's been over a year with the team, but finally Nelson Aguilar made a play for the Patriots. The play was pulling the quarterback out of the fight so he doesn't get hurt. Because of all the criticisms I have for Mac Jones, it does give you a better chance than Brian Hoyer or the Bailey Zappy guy they drafted as Mac Jones insurance. So good job, Nelson, there. Here's the other thing, Coach. You don't become, you're not the 162nd ranked player of your high school class if you haven't always figured it out. That's why Mac Jones has that level of confidence. I mean, listen, there's there's only 161 guys better than him a few years ago. Now, I know Wilde's going to say, Nick, if we're going to talk about non-pro football, why don't we talk about what he did at Alabama? Talk about (laughs) Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. And the answer is because what Mac Jones did at Alabama is what every Alabama quarterback has done over the last five years. We, and by the way, their pro results have been up to this point underwhelming. Tua, his last two years at Alabama, had 76 touchdowns to nine interceptions, and the team won a national title, and they went, what is it, 25-3. and three. The Jalen-Tua combo had 28 touchdowns, three picks, and they went 13-1. and one. Bryce Young last year had 47 touchdowns, seven picks, and they went 13-2. and two. So the idea that Mac Jones was this amazing, had this amazing collegiate resume is not surprising because Alabama quarterbacks over the last five years, when they have had Jalen Wallen, Devontae Smith, and Calvin Ridley, and Ruggs Ruggs III, pardon me, and a couple other guys I'm leaving out, Jamison Williams last year, they have all had these eye-popping numbers. So the reason that it is not just me, It is everyone in the national media other than the triumvirate of Kevin Wilds, Bill Simmons, and Peter Schrager, who think Mac Jones is more likely to take a step back than step forward, is the same reason why he was, of the first-round quarterbacks last year, the last one taken, despite everyone acknowledging he was likely to have the best rookie season. Because what was the book on Mac Jones? The most pro-ready. Why? Because he went to Alabama. Because he played in that system. So if he's going to be the most pro-ready, why would he not be taken earlier? Because he has the lowest ceiling. The least room for improvement. And that is what I believe we are going to see manifest itself this year. And the other thing that I want to throw to Coach quickly is this. This is my other concern for the Patriots. Coach, they have the single most expensive group of pass catchers in football. No team is spending more money on wide receivers and tight ends than New England Patriots. Despite that, they don't have, in my eyes, a single difference maker at either of those spots. When you spend that much of your cap on those positions, by definition, you have less money to spend at other positions. So you need those positions to produce And I have no reason to believe the wide receivers and tight ends are difference makers. That none of them have been at any point of their careers. Well, here's one thing I I don't agree with. I I don't think that that who was consensus number one last year or where a guy was drafted really matters at this point. you You can throw all that out the window. And I do give Mac Jones a ton of credit for how he performed last year. They started off slow and 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 they were able to to improve significantly throughout the course of the season and he did a lot of good things and and you can't 
I can't over or, uh, express how difficult a transition it is for rookie quarterbacks and, and how hard it is for them to play well. In terms of the, the offensive philosophy, it's not, as we know, about one difference maker. It's about doing the right thing, being in the right spots, making the right reads, being reliable. There, there's so many other elements to it outside of, of, of just how many plays you can make. I, I My biggest issue comes with the III or the Josh McDaniels and those guys don't make a difference. That's that's the biggest problem that I have with the conversations that, that Mac Jones so, sometimes sometimes has. So here's the thing, Coach, where I think the fundamental difference is, and you can tell me I'm wrong. I was a slow convert to the next man up theory around the Patriots. Every time we lost a great guy, I would get nervous. Lost Vince Wilfork, lost Richard Seymour, lost um, you know Wes Welker. But next thing you know, there's always a guy to step up. And then I had to buy into it. Why do you think losing Josh McDaniels is going to be different this time? Well, it wasn't just Josh McDaniels. It was essentially the whole offensive staff, and it's you're the putting whole staff. in it. You're putting in a, a, a group that that doesn't have that experience. You're trying something and doing something that hasn't been done. It doesn't mean that it won't work. It doesn't mean it can't work. But but don't don't incorporate the I I I and then talk about oh well it's a new system too. I may not be as good as I was because it's a new system. Like don't add those little asterisks to all of your Coach. your your discussions. Coach, that doesn't go. The wow. wheeze don't go down well at the trademark office. We got Mac 10, we got Baby Goat, we got all these things, we got all the marketing we gotta do. The ice cream, I mean, the on. ice cream. We're back the right cream. after this.